It's always a pleasure to welcome guest speakers here uh, for us at Riverbend Church, but uh, today is a, a special day because we get a chance to hear from Peter Lee, who leads a ministry called Cornerstone Ministries International that is responsible for focusing on the needs of North Korea. Uh, you don't have to be someone who reads and consumes news on a daily basis to recognize the needs in North Korea. And yet Peter Lee has been prolific and fruitful, engaged in a ministry that focuses on uh, Bible distribution and uh, reaching, training, helping those who are in North Korea. He is one of the most recognized voices in ministry, what's really going on behind the scenes that you don't hear or see on the daily news. And we're looking forward to hearing what is God doing today in North Korea and how can we make a difference. And I want you to give a warm welcome today, if you would, to Peter Lee. Please come, Peter. Welcome, sir. It's so good to be here in the house of the Lord with the brothers and sisters. You know, although that I am not as handsome as you are, we are still being called brother. Isn't that wonderful? You know, I, uh, as a being a Korean, we do feel like we are a little too ugly. <laughs> and yet, you know, God has given us the face that, uh, that he loves us as much as he loves you. So that's a great thing. Um, this morning, because it's uh, mission day, I'm going to do something I've never done it before. I got to read in the scripture in Korean first so that you could hear what the sound in the, uh, Korea. And then, then I'll read it in English. It's in the book of Hebrew 13, 3. Uh, although that I'm going to speak on the area of the restricted, persecuted church, but it represents not only North Korea, but many parts of the world, many the body of the Christ are being represented. So uh, let's, if you have the Bible, it opens the Hebrew 13.3. Then I'm going to read in Korean first. 자기도 함께 갇힌 것 같이 갇힌 자를 생각하고 자기도 몸을 가졌은 즉 학대받는 자를 생각하라. Remember them that they are in bonds as bound with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourself also in the body. We probably heard this uh, verse quite often. And, and yet, as I study the Word of God, you know, it, in the Bible, there's a lot of commandment, a lot of things for us to do. Love your neighbor, you know, give yourself and go and so forth. But this is particularly, it doesn't really make a sense. He said, remember those who are persecuted. I mean, if God say, instead of said, remember, said, go to the persecuted area, it makes more sense. And yet he said, remember. So I had to go back to the original language. What does it really mean? Then I found the better translation could be, be mindful of. Let me illustrate what that means. You know, we have a lot of women in here and a lot of women who had children. And when child, the temperature goes up to 95, and then you start to worry. When it goes to about 99, 
You know what would you normally say? I wish I would be sick. Not you, little boy. You know, remember you said that? That's to be mindful of. God wants us to have the feeling of those who are being persecuted. And then on the second point is that, well, who are that we have to put in, in our hearts? The Bible said, those who are in the prison, those who have been bonded. What does that really mean? So I come back again and look for it. Mostly who are being falsely accused and put him in the prisons. Not, a, not those who really did a terrible, terrible things, but those who are a righteousness and yet falsely accused. And then it continues on. What about who have been persecuted? Who, who would that be? Mostly who have been persecuted are the one because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, so, that I, so far, I got two down. See, I'm a Presbyterian uh, minister, so we always go by three points. So third point is that, okay, why? Why should we have to put them in our hearts? And we often don't think this, and yet the Bible said, so that as you are, oh, those who are being persecuted, those who are being bonded, those who are in the prison, do think as if you were. Oh, you mean I was too? Yeah. What it really God is saying, we are the community. We are the body of Christ. We are the brother and sister in Christ. I mean, you know, as I begin, it said, I'm not as handsome as you are. I'm not as pretty as you are. And yet we are able to call brother. You know, that's a joy. For me, being a Korean, flat nose, you know, the sneaky eyes and coming in and said, we are, I am your brother. Only through the blood of Jesus Christ. And without the mercy of the Lord, it really, we cannot really say that. How could I say to someone as handsome as a Gary? Well, he was actually when I saw him in, in China. I don't know how he gained his belly, but you know, he was. We, when he came over to our conference, everybody looked at him. In fact, because at the time that he was divorced, and even some women said, I could be his wife. He was handsome, and we were called brother. And yet, we don't recognize this. You know, the mission that we're talking about is, is God's way of saying, you're all my children. You're all my creation. And we are in the, the body of Jesus Christ. So tell your neighbor, said, though that I'm not as handsome as you are or beautiful as you are, I am your brother. I am your sister. Come on, say it. But then question is, what does that really mean? I want to do a little illustration that would help us. Because I want you to pull your hands out on your left hands. And I want you to hit hard on your left with your right hand, like I do. No, you got to hit it hard. Come on, do it again. 
No, when you do that, I should hear some sound. Come on, do it one more time. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? When you hit, if it doesn't hurt you, that's not part of your body. Or you may be a leper. If there's a body of Christ are being hurt somewhere, if, they, if their heart hurts, doesn't hurt you, that means either you or they are not in the same body of Christ. Or you're spiritual leopards. Because the paralyzed person or the, the leopard don't feel the pain of the, their bodies. And this is a question that would God want us to remember. Putting those who are being persecuted, putting the people in the prison be in your heart, that as they are feeling the pain, he wants you to feel the pain together. That's the body of Jesus Christ. That's what the mission is about. It's not something to go there to see the exotic things. Things being different. No, no. You're going to tell those God have called to bring into his family. And that's what our mission is about. So the time that I have, that I want to share a story from North Korea. One day, a little boy, uh, age of 15, who crossed the river from North Korea to gain some food. Because North Korea has gone through a tremendous famine uh, after 1994 when Kim Il-sung died. But even before it started, because their management system and, you know, the government intentionally make the people poor. Intentionally make them to be hunger so that the con- they could control. It's a way of controlling the people. Well, by 1995, they really had a famine. That at that year, 28% of the crop had been washed by the, the flood. So they have to go out to gain some food. And in, during this time, there was a young boy, 15 years old, who wants to come to China and to get some food, bring it back to home. Well, when he got to China, not everybody's you know, rich enough to give. And he couldn't find any job, so he really couldn't get the food to take him back home. Well, after three days, he had not been eaten, and he fell right in front of the market. And, and, and then the, our, one of our missionaries saw him, and wearing the, the, where he, the clothes that he wore and the faces, he is a North Korean. So he brought him over to his home begin to start feeding him, that he begin to eat not one bowl of rice, but three bowl of rice. I mean, he'd been eating and eating, you know, what would that do? He had to go to the, you know, the places where he had to let it go. <laughs> and after about three, four days, all of a sudden, he shook his head. He said, why this man is helping me? Why this man is giving me a food? He's not my uncle. We have no relationship. Why does he? So he, you know, because of North Korean government, one of people to retain within North Korea, they've been telling them, he said, if some foreigner give you food, they want to make you become well. 
and then make you sleep and take the, the organ of your body and sells it. So this little boy, John, well, I named John, and John thought maybe that's what he was doing. So he asked our missionary, teacher, why are you feeding me? And we learned something, and the answer is, is because I owe a debt to Jesus, and by helping you, my debts will be, be diminished. And the little John said, doesn't make any sense. Who is this Chinese man, Jesus? See, the word Jesus in North Korea doesn't exist. So he thought it's immediately Chinese name because that's not Korean name, Jesus. We say in Korean, Yesu. You know, so how this Chinese man must be very different. Then missionary said, no, no, no. This Jesus, if we believe Jesus, we could go to heaven. Then he immediately the North Korean, you know, even though they are living in, in a country, there's no existence of God, they've been taught. And yet, the word heaven, it, it, it touches his heart. said, could I also go to heaven? And the missionary said, no, you can't. Can I really? I would like to go. Well, in order to do that, just follow. You have to do what I say. And he followed the Lord's prayer. You know, sinner's prayer. And that with, as, as a sinner's prayer, something happened to him. That was about 10 o'clock in the morning. And after he followed the sinner's prayer, he began to pounding on the ground and begin to cry. Not five minutes, not 15 minutes, not one hour, until about five o'clock. And he was only 15 years old. How much sin can he really have? And then by the time about 5 o'clock, he'd been speaking of not Korean, not Chinese, not English, not a French. But you know what I'm talking. I think I heard enough in the morning, intercessor begin to pray something different language than English we pray. And he, he, he didn't know what, what, what to do because it doesn't stop. It went on and on. And he finally you know, controlled himself. And I guess he was hungry by 5 o'clock that he, he got up. He repented of all the time. The Lord touched him. Lord brought him to the, his kingdom. And then he said, at that night after the meal, I said, teacher, I need to go. I need to go back home. No, no, wait a minute. You just, believe, you just accepted Jesus Christ. You need to take a few weeks to learn the principle. He said, no, no, no. I have a grandmother. If I don't go back and if I don't give her food, if I don't give the word of God, she will not be in heaven where I will be. So she, he, he little boy said, I had to leave. And finally, missionary convinced him to stay at least one more day. And speaking about who Jesus really is. What it means to be being baptized in the Holy Spirit. What it means to be live the way that God wants us to live. And then that night, as he crossed, well, he was not that clever, but got caught. He got caught by the North Korean guard. And they started interrogating him. Where did you get this book from? He said, I picked it up from the ground. Who, who gave it to you? No, it was a man in China. 
Nobody gave it to me. I picked it up from the ground. I mean, he's saying the truth. He did pick it up from the ground, but it was a Bible that was given by the missionary, our missionary. You know, we brought this book to them. And, but he didn't want to tell who actually have given to him. They start to interrogating him, torture him to the point that he faint and he lost the conscious. And then guard called the, the prisoners of the one cell, five of them. And you bring, you take this uh, boy to your cell. And this, the John laying on the ground. Not five minutes, not 15 minutes, almost about five hours. He was totally unconscious. And then all of a sudden he shake his body. I guess he was cold. And then he opened his eyes and he looked at the, the ceiling. And he, the first word he said, I thought I'll be in heaven. And the tears start to flow. About 30 minutes long, even just crying, the tear continued flow. And then after about 30 minutes, he shook his body and, and, and tried to get up. You know, he, his ache body, you know, it's hard to stand. And yet he stood up, barely stood up. And he began a song that he learned in, in five days. Uh, May. Zing grace. I say it in English, but he's saying in Korean. Da ha tun je in sal lishin ku enol lawa. We know this in English, don't we? Amazing grace, how sweet. The sound to save a wretch like me. I was once lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I sing. As he's singing this. His friend who went with him heard the, from the other cell. The people started following it in humming. And, and then as the sound got louder, and the guard opened the door and said, Who are singing and shut up! And made them to keep the voice down. Following morning, who began a song and took the John again and started to torture and then after so many hours of the torturing, he came back again unconsciously. And in fact, the Caleb said, he doesn't look like a human being. The nose is not there. The eyes doesn't have much of it because it's been swollen. And then the whole mouth has the blood all over. Doesn't look like a human being at all. And then, and after about a few hours, he regained the conscience again. He began a song again. And then on the second day, this time not the humming, but the other people began a song together. And after a few days that went on like this, the friend, I call him Caleb, 
And, and Kelly came back, came to the John and said, John, John, I'm getting out tomorrow. I told him, only reason I told him that I believe God is because I want to get more rice. And the guard hit him a couple of times and said, don't ever believe that kind of the, the, uh, the nonsense. And so Caleb are able to get out on the following day. As he was leaving, he said, John, do this just like I do. So we could go home and we could tell our parents about Jesus Christ. And I'll wait for you outside of the, the, the prison. And the Caleb went out. He wait one day. One week, one month, but two months later, he heard the, the rumor that John died in the prisons without denying Jesus Christ. You know, there are people going back, even with that kind of a severe persecution, yet when the Holy Spirit is in you, you not deny Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will witness that you are the believer of Jesus Christ. You are the son and daughter of Jesus Christ, the of our God. And so that Johnny, John, have died and have, have gone to the Lord. Few, not too long ago, I received a letter from a lady whom we trained in China. We sent her back. After the about six months training, and when she went back, uh, most of the uh, Korean ministry involved with the people to bring the refugee from China into the South Korea. But our ministry over the years, over the last thirty-five years, we only brought two person uh, from the China into the South Korea who are the North Korean refugee. But most of those people, we have trained, send them back. About 4,900 of them, we have been able to train them. The God have allowed us to plant the church over 1,700. And in doing this, this lady were, were trained in China and then were sent back to the North Korea. And after about six months, the church has grew to about 21 members. Now, I mean, you know, we're talking the most restricted country in the world. When Gary and I travel, you know, we cannot get out of a hotel. In fact, the, you know, before I went out, I look North Korean. You know, I am a Korean. My, my grandfather, my father, they all come from the North Korea. So I have a little bit of blood of the North Korean in me. I'm a Korean. And I borrow one of their jacket, and I went out. And after about two blocks later, the one of the guard came over and said, Mister, that's not known my name, but Mister, I think it's better that you go back. He recognized me being a non-North Korean. I know I got love, love handles on my side. I know I got grease on my face. And yet, they do recognize that I'm from the outside. There's no freedom. There's no freedom at all. And in this situation, that having in six months, about 21 members of the church, it's even, you know, for your, you to have this many congregation, it's almost impossible. And yet God worked through her to bring this many people. 
But all, somehow, as 21 people, cannot all be able to gather together in one Sunday. The maximum number they were able to gather is five at a time. And because the law prohibits to be congregated any more than five, it's illegal. So they only five at a time, and they were meeting. And for somehow, the news got released. And then the security bureau people came over and took her, started interrogating her. Give us the, all the list of your members. And she kept mouth shut. And, and they started torturing to the point of uh, making her to say that she doesn't believe Jesus Christ. She doesn't do it. And so they made her, uh, after all these things about uh, a week, she did not deny God. So they made her to do this. They made her to bend 90 degrees. For, I mean, for me to do 15 minutes, that's hard because I got belly. You know, that little fat on the, my stomach, that won't make me 15 minutes. But they made her to do like 15 days to sleep by holding the hands on the wall. For 15 days, that's where she had to go to the bathroom. That's where she had to eat with another hand. For 15 long days. And yet, she did not deny Jesus. So the, the, guard, the people got so angry. And they put her out. In, in the January of North Korea, it's very, very cold. I don't know how cold does it get in these places, but it's cold, worse than Chicago weather. And they put her out to the outside where the people pass by. But the worst part, she said, is they made her take the, all her clothes off, including the bottom portion as well. And what she said, the coldness didn't hurt, but the eyes of the man hurt her. You know, being women, you know what I mean? It, it, and it went on for two long months. And then after that, she did not deny God. Well, and then they said, uh, the guard said, you guys come out from the prison camp, prison cell, and hold her to the point of lifting her up. And by count of the five, you got to let her go. And they did it. And she fell on the ground. She broke her arm and broke the three ribs. And what, what they have her to do, because she believes heaven, that she did not, they did not allow her to lay and to see the heaven, but face down. I mean, when you get hurt, you know, you need to relax and lay down and in order to be be healed, but they did not let her do. Over the six long months that she stayed just facing down. At the end of the letter, she said, being 90 degree, or being out on the cold weather, or even to lay down on the facing down for six months, did not hurt as much as Whenever they torture me, they said, deny your God. Then I, 
And she said, I cannot deny. And she used the name, the Korean name of God, Hananim. Soon the word ha came out, the boots hit her the face. And she said, of all the other pain did not hurt her, but the word that she cannot say of God's name, Hananim. I mean, here in America, we call God's name in vain. Without really knowing what, we, what a lot of people are doing. We, the Christian, won't do it. And yet, you know, we hear so much. And yet, in the, with the, so much of persecution going on in the North Korea, there's the, a lady who has been hurt not being able to say God's name. Then the other day, one of the young men whom we have worked with got caught by the the border patrol in uh, uh, North Korea. And this officer, young high-level officer, came home and said to the mother, Mother, is this something what you've been looking for? And handing out the black book. The mother looked at it and said, where did you get it from? I said, well, today uh, we executed one of the men who had been going back and forth to China. And he had this in his pocket. And that's one of the reasons why he'd been executed. And the mother said, you did what? Well, I ordered him to be killed. And at that moment, the mother started crying. And she cried so severely and so much, the son said, mother, would you just stop and tell me why you're crying? And she said, she stopped and said, you killed my brother. And she began to cry again. And then son said, you mean I had an uncle? How could he be my uncle? He's so young. And you never tell me about your brother. And mother, would you just stop and tell me again what, what that really means? I would do anything. At that moment, she said, you mean you do anything? And he said, yeah, well, I will do anything. That moment, she began to tell who Jesus is and who God is so that the man who died is to be her brother in Jesus Christ. Knowing who is our brother is what the Lord is speaking to us on a mission day. And let me share one more story that it would end today. Uh, you know, I've been brought up in a home. My grandfather is a minister. My mother is a minister. Uh, my father is a minister. And in those days, right after the Korean War, being a minister, we were so poor. Uh, in fact, that was the reason I didn't want to be a minister. I don't want to be ordained because I don't want to be like my father. Because I saw my mother never wore uh, women's shoes in most of the day. Only on Sunday, she wore the women's shoes. All the other days, she wore the, my father's worn-out shoes. And that, I didn't want her to be. And yet, her heart is to sending her son, Isaac, to the North Korea. 
And in, right after the Korean War, it's almost impossible for the South Korean to go to North Korea. Even this day, that's one of the most difficult places to go. Except the last year, we had this President Moon, who is almost a communist, and he has gone to the North Korea. But it's not possible for average Korean to go to North Korea. And yet, mother has a heart to bring the message to, the, to uh, North Korea. So she, in prayer, decided to send her son to the United States so that he would get some way of, uh, by having U.S. citizenship, be able to travel into North Korea. In fact, that's what I have. And that has allowed me to go into North Korea. But in those days, being so poor, she did not have the money to buy the airplane ticket. So she... Uh, put out on the newspaper advertising and asked her son, my, my brother, to come along to meet this man who respond to the uh, newspaper advertising. And after he, she met with him and came back to Isaac and said, let's go home. And her voice was very low, very disappointed. Her face was not bright, but sad. So that Isaac asked her, said, Mother, what's the matter? And then she said, You know, we are so poor that we cannot buy the airplane tickets. So that I put on the advertising to sell one of my eyeballs. And then man said, One would not gonna cover the cost of the airplane. It has to take up both eyeballs. And she said, with the one eye, I could serve home. But without two eyes, it would be difficult for home. You know, mission is not an op- option. God sent his own son, Jesus Christ, knowing that he has to die on a cross. The pain that he has to bear. Father knew. And yet, he won us on the Christmas to say, Rejoice! Rejoice! That there will be peace on this earth. And the, and the God said, There will be glory to heaven. That word glory, it's not a saying glory as you think. When you go back and restudy the word glory, God has already been glory. And that the word glory fulfilling of his purposes. He knew that by sending his own son to this earth would save us for us to become the children of God. That's what the mission is about. I want you to think that tonight, I mean today, as we are spending time together, going to some of your missionary who you had an interest It's not just for you to spend one summer or for you to to say, I love you, God, my father. I you know, here Jenny and and we've been gone back when she was about nineteen year old and she came to our Korea and spoke about the the relationship with our father, Gary. If it was not Jenny, if it was not his own daughter, 
he would not spend that much effort. And doing that is because there's a father's love. And that's what the mission is about. Yeah, you're promoting for mission. But you know what? The father will appreciate more if you give it up every of what you're doing and to go to the field and to say, God, I'm here. Then he will do what he wants you to do. Before I end, I want you to hit it again on your, of your body and feel the pain as you feel the body of the Christ on the persecuted place. Come on, hit it hard. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Would you stand with me, please? I want our prayer teams to come forward at this time. What a compelling message that helps us to remember those who are suffering. It's easy to be insulated, isn't it? It's easy not to be in touch with what's really going on in other places around the world. I agree with Peter when he says, it's not enough just to be informed. But God is asking that we have a change of heart and that we yield ourselves to God. All of you may not go. Some of you may remain, support, and pray. But regardless of what God's assignment is for you, what's important is that we adopt God's heart for the people of the world. God so loved the world that he gave. I'm going to invite you. I'm going to just close in prayer. I'm going to ask that you would respond. There may be some of you in this room right now that frankly have had religion but never a relationship with God through Christ. There may be those of you here this morning that simply are not right with God. I would invite you to come forward and allow one of our teams to pray with you today, to lead you in a prayer, lead you in a sinner's prayer, lead you in a prayer of rededication. Even if there's other needs in your life that need to be addressed, God is your answer. And I would encourage you to allow someone to pray with you and agree with you now. Would you pray with me as I close us in prayer and release you with the declaration today? Would you simply allow, close your eyes, open your heart and your hands, just invite God to have His way in you. Just invite Him. Lord, we choose to have our hearts pricked, our minds challenged, our emotions moved, but most importantly, we say the words heartfelt that your son Jesus said in the garden. Father, not my way, not my preferences, not my will, but I choose your will, your plans, your purposes, your assignments. I choose that for my life. I choose to place Jesus Christ number one. First place 
come and manage my life. Forgive us in any way for resisting you, for rebelling, for being insolent or insulated or isolated. Forgive us for those things, Lord. We ask that you would grab hold of our hearts and minds today and that there'd be a change in our perspective and a change in our obedience from this day moving forward. Lord, we thank you for what we've heard today and we'll take it to heart. In the name of Jesus.